0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord. It's such a privilege, but yet there's such a deep responsibility of teaching the word of God. I want it to be acceptable unto God because that is who I am accountable to. That is who I have to, in the end, he's going to be my judge. I want to thank you for coming. Welcome to this part of the service. It's, uh, as you can see in the bulletin, this is a continuation of the sword of the spirit. I thought I was done, but God had other plans. Um, he had just revealed to me that you had just brought out Maybe how to walk out of a struggle Because that's what I shared on in some of my struggles How I could use the sword Today I'm going to Concentrate a little more on Overcoming a sin Walking in victory Using the sword If we're battling with this sin And God also revealed to me that if we don't recognize our position in Christ, we're not going to be effective at all. Because we've got to be, we must be in Christ in order to even have the armor of God because Jesus Christ is our armor. It's when we're in Christ, now we're clothed with that armor. And some have questioned already on some of my comments. And, and I thank you, because I, w- I want to be held accountable. And also, it, it causes me even to dig deeper and to make sure that I know that this is what God is saying. And I want to also encourage you listen to the whole message that God is giving. Instead of pinpointing, you know, God has a big picture, and if there's just a small picture, it looks kind of odd here, let's look at the whole picture, what God is really saying here. Um, Because we might miss the point if we're stuck on one little comment. But on the other hand, I want to make sure that all my comments are facts from God. They're not just my own thinking. And the same goes with understanding the Bible. We can't just take one verse and make it say what it, we want it to say. It's got to be in the totality of the word. That it that it all joins in, that it's in a oneness with what God is really saying. So, before I get into the sword, it leads to the sword. That's why I've got it into, in this message, is our position in Christ. You know, if we don't understand our position, there are many defeats that we will face. Many defeats. It's because, like I had said, we're not armed because in Christ is when we're armed for the battle. And we're not being affected with the sword because when we're in Christ, when we're positioned there, we have the authority. See, there's um, this little story of these two big guys. I mean, they were muscular, they were big were fighting in a bar, outside of the bar. They were drunk. And this little um, short, what was it, four, eight, or whatever lady, which was a cop, came and wondered what's going on. And instantly, these two big guys backed off because of her badge. And they were bending over and whatever, and put their hands behind their back. And here this short lady could have been trampled by those two big guys. But because of her badge, she she had the authority. I am telling you, if we are in Christ and we are in oneness with Christ, we have that badge on our heart. When Satan sees that badge, he's finished. That is our authority. It's not that we're so good. It's because of Jesus Christ in us. We have the authority And when we say go, they have no choice but go. We do not have to give in. That is a sword we have. That's the power we have over them. They have no power over us. We give it. We give them that power. Because we we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is our authority. It's not how much I know or how good I am. It's my position that I have in Christ. <coughs> and as, as I have shared prior already in different various messages, you know, when we are born again, we are now a child of God. Okay? What were we before we became a child of God? We were born in the flesh. We were walking after the flesh. We were born sinners. So once we're born again, we become a new creature. We are now a spiritual being. We are now a son of God. No longer the sinner. So, If we can have that mentality it empowers us. If we see ourselves as a son of God. Now just I want to take you back. The last time that you would have committed a sin. If you would have if you could see yourself as a son of God at that time, would you have committed that sin? That's the question I have to ask me. When I had fallen into sin, would I have really done that if I would have had the mentality, I am a son of God. There's no way I can do this. Paul also teaches us that we're saints. We're called to be saints. Romans 1, 7, To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. And he also addressed the Corinthians to the church of God, which is in Corinth, Corinth. to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't have to look so perfect. We don't have to be perfect. But in Christ, God sees us Perfected in Christ. And while the saints are marching into heaven, what's happening to the sinners? They're cast into hell. So we've got to be born again. We've got to be in this posi- position of Jesus Christ. And once we recognize that position, once, we, when it, once it's real, once Jesus Christ is real, he's alive, it transforms the way we think, and the way we act, the way we, we respond. And see, when we have that mindset, we have the same mindset of that Joseph had. Genesis nine nine. that's one a wonderful sword we have. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God when we're tempted Let's go to there and just say, "How can I do this wickedness and sin against God?" Now, there's also have, in the past already, in some cultures, there's a misunderstanding. If we happen to fall into a sin, you know, we're in good standing, then we're not, then we're in good standing. It's not that big teeter-totter. When we are in Christ, you're no longer walking after the flesh, but you're now walking after the Spirit. You're in the right direction. You happen to be tripped, and you fall into a sin. You have not lost your position. But since you're in the Spirit and walking after the Spirit, the Spirit convicts you. You did wrong here. So that's when we confess and we keep moving the same direction towards God following that spirit. See when that's the difference between the repenting and the confessing when we're living in the sin in sin not right with God and we see ourselves as that then we repent because we are on the wrong road but now that we're born again and we're in the right direction and we have tripped now it's confess it's like running a race we're at the start and we're running give it all we've got and somehow we've tripped and we fell down just because we fell down it doesn't mean that we turn around and we start running back again no we get up and we keep going towards that finish line that's the race we're in spiritually at times we do fall at times we do fail but let's keep moving forward let's not go back let's not lose hope we're still justified in Christ we go running to Jesus now confess means to assent or you're in agreement with so when we confess we're in agreement with that we have violated our position and we and most of all we violated God in his word So if you're tempted at times to feel like, I guess sometimes you can feel like it just doesn't feel like you're really in Christ. But don't follow your feelings. If you feel that way, we can draw a double sword. We can do double damage. Is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, that's where we stand in Christ. Even if it doesn't feel that way, believe the record. And also, in the same time, we can bring out Romans 8.1. There is therefore for now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. If we're walking after the Spirit, we have failed there's still not a condemnation on us if we confess our sin because he's faithful and just to forgive us. We're still walking after the Spirit. We've just been tripped. Now, there is danger that does not give us the right to just go and live as we please. There is danger if we choose to willfully habitually live in sin, I will not guarantee that you still have your position in Christ. I cannot guarantee that. I'm not the judge. But it's very, very dangerous territory to habitually be living in sin. We are called to be more than conquerors. Am I even a conqueror? but I'm called to be more than a conqueror. Our strength comes from God. When he starts with this battle scripture in Ephesians 6, verse 10, finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Our power, our authority is in Jesus Christ. Now, we have learned that Jesus himself is the belt of truth because he is the truth. He's our breastplate of righteousness. It's because of him that we are even righteous that we can be claimed righteous by God. He's our shoes of the gospel of peace. Jesus Christ himself, having died, rose again the third day, he's the gospel. And he's also, he himself is our peace. He's also our, our shield of faith. Our faith has got to be in him, not in ourselves. We cannot win these battles in our own strength. He's also the helmet of our salvation because when we're in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We have that liberty in Christ. What is that liberty? Is it just because I'm in Christ now I can do as I please? The Bible does not support that. Paul says, Don't let your liberty be an occasion to the flesh. So the Bible does not support that. But if we are free in Christ, we are freed from the bondage of sin. We're no longer under that bondage. We can live victoriously. Now the sword, as we've learned in my last message on this, is that it's the direct word from God. It's a rhema. It's for a specific time and purpose. Turn with me to Romans 6. I want to read that whole chapter, and I'll probably reread it again. I want to illustrate. I want to walk with you to show you a powerful, powerful way that we can use God's word and live free what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, That ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin, because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves service to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness." I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye yield your members it members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God to have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you see any swords in there that you could use when you're tempted? There's numerous ones but I'm not going to go through, I want to actually take you through the whole chapter then. But um, I'll illustrate one. There's a short verse that we can remember that we can use when we're tempted. And that is, how shall I that am dead to, name the temptation or the sin that you're tempted with, name it There. And live any longer therein, whatever temptation it is. You can also if you have your Bible with you then, when you're tempted at home alone, whatever. Grab that Bible, sit down, and read the Bible read Romans six, personalize it, and name the sin that you're struggling with. Wherever it says sin. So I want to illustrate that. I take a simple one. Um, I just chose this. Slander came to my mind. It's something we can easily struggle with. We see it as it's not a gross sin, but slander is a sin. What shall I say then? Shall I continue in slander that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall I, who am dead to slander, live any longer therein? I know that I was baptized into Jesus Christ. I know that as I was baptized into Jesus Christ, I was also baptized into his death. Therefore, I am buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so I also shall walk in newness of life for I have been planted together in the likeness of his death I shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that my old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth I should not slander for he that is dead is freed from slander now if I am dead with Christ I believe that I also live with him knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto slander once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. I will not let slander, therefore, reign in my mortal body, that I should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither do I yield my members as instruments of unrighteousness unto slander, I yield myself unto God as being alive from the dead and my members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For slander shall not have dominion over me, but I am not for I am not under the law but under grace. What then? shall I slander because I am not under the law but under grace? God forbid. I know that to whom I yield myself as a servant to obey his servants I am to whom I obey. ...whether of slander unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that I was a servant of slander, but I have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine from which I was delivered. Being then made free from slander, I became the servant of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of my flesh, for as I have yielded my members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now I yield myself, yield my members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. For when I was a servant of slander, I was freed from righteousness. What fruit had I then in those things whereof I am now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from slander and became a servant to God, I have fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of, san- of slander is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I can almost put a guarantee on it. If you sit down and you name that sin, you will be convinced you cannot do it. If you take that time to read it, this scripture, this word will convince you you cannot go there. But you've got to do it from your heart. Not just up here and saying it and whatever. It's not working. It's got to be from the heart. You've got to believe it. That your position that you have, I can't go there. I cannot do this wickedness. And I thought I was done. Then God brought this thought. said, hey, what if some are listening, it all sounds good, but it's just not working? I've tried it. it, it doesn't work. Okay, what now then? Second Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what caught me. The strongholds. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Satan might have that stronghold in your heart it might not be a big area, but there's still a stronghold. And there's various ways that those strongholds, that he can build that stronghold. One, it may be generational. We can read that in the Bible, how it just passed on down. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Or, It may be from something that we've done in the past that we have willingly opened our heart and invited him in. And instantly there's a stronghold. Now, in our spiritual war, or in the spiritual battle, it works the same way as it does if this country would be in a war, in a battle against another country that's overseas. We ask other, or I say we, I'm not part of it. They ask if they could have a stronghold, a base of operation in this country that neighbors this other country, so that that is where the base of operation is. All the battles are fought out of that area. Now if the enemy can destroy that base of operation, We're history. There's no more battles coming out of that area. So if Satan has a stronghold, he's got a base of operation right within you. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. It's through prayer and choosing. Satan, the buck stops here. There is no longer, you will not have power over my children. It is not going to go from me to them. You are finished. That is not if it's generational. We can acknowledge it, we can recognize it, but we dare not ever go back and blame them. No. But it's just recognizing, hey, I see now where my struggles are coming from. So there's just a short little prayer that I wrote out here that has helped me in this area. Because I had many strongholds. Maybe it's something that you've done. And this is what uh, David in Psalms said, you know, he acknowledges and confesses. We have to acknowledge that we really did commit that sin. If we don't acknowledge it, how can we really confess it? First, we've got to acknowledge it as sin. So here's a short little prayer. It's like, God, Today I choose to surrender my whole heart to you. I ask you, Lord, to take back the ground that I had given to the enemy through whatever sin. Name the sin there. And I yield that ground to your control. That's, first, you have to acknowledge and confess that you were in that sin. But then, You ask him, hey, this is ground that I had given to the enemy, so therefore, you can't take it back, but God can. You ask him to take it back and then ask him, you yield it to Jesus Christ. Or it's a generational. Then you just ask, God, I ask you to break this generational stronghold in my life. I ask you, Lord, to pre- prevent it from passing on into my children and to all the generations hereafter. I surrender my whole heart to you. It's very simple, and it doesn't have to be these words. But pray from the heart what the Spirit tells you to pray. Those strongholds have got to be destroyed. Then once all those strongholds are destroyed after God has pulled those down now you can bring all your thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ so in closing I just want to emphasize understand from the heart your position that you have in Christ you have the authority to tell Satan where he goes. You're out. He struck, he struck out three times with Satan. I'm with Jesus, sorry. Satan is out. And with authority, use the swords that are in the Bible here. Let's trample him. Let's show him who we are in Christ. Let's be brave, standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because we can crush his head because we are in Christ. And that we can be more than conquerors because that's what we're called to be. And through God, through Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you have again given me a message to present. First of all, Lord, I want to take it to heart. I want to do what you have asked me to teach. Because that's what Jesus did. He, He began to do and to teach. So Father, most of all, Lord, may my actions, my walk with you, be according to your word. May you empower each one of us that we can recognize by your spirit, we can recognize that our position in you and that we have authority, we have the power to be more than conquerors if we are in you and you are in us if we share that oneness that you speak about in your word. We have the power. But Father, we want you to receive all honor and glory in all that we do and say. May we go forth today being empowered, being brave, that we stand strong in you and we fight this fight until the very end because there is a reward. And Father, we thank you for that promise that it is worth it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.